Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitzman, going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. Uh, and today we have another standout sprinter joining us. Uh, we had a few other standout sprinters from the class of 2025 before. We have another one of those big time names joining today, uh, USC freshman uh, out of Colorado. He's fourth all time in the indoor 200 meters. Uh, we have Gavin Scher joining us. Gavin, thanks for, for joining today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So uh, before we get into uh, some of your, your track stuff uh, and you know, everything that you've been doing on the, on the track, wanted to know, uh, so you're, you're a big time lifter or you're, you're, you're a big fan of it. Uh, I know you, you, if you look at some of your stuff on Instagram, so if you, if you don't follow Gavin, take a look. He's got like a whole highlight that you could just tap through for, for days of, of things. What, what got you interested in, in lifting in the first place? Because it's something that, especially me as a high schooler uh, and a track athlete, I was not a fan of, tried to stay out of the weight room as much as possible. Uh, what, what got you into it in the first place? Uh, I would say originally it was kind of, you know, I, I originally started lifting in eighth grade, kind of the, the spring of my eighth grade year. But I would say, you know, as a kid, you're always, you know, watching those movies or seeing the Avengers, how jacked, you know, Captain America is or the Hulk seeing that that kind of stuff so I think once eighth grade came around I was finally allowed to go into my local gym without like a parent there so I was like all right I'm gonna take advantage of this I just kind of went in there I would literally only did arms for about the first six months so I didn't really know what I was doing but I think it started there kind of the the desire to look like some of those Hollywood stars yeah, not not a bad idea. <laughs> Taking a look at some of the, the movies. And then when you hear like what they're saying, it's like, oh, yeah, this, uh, you know, this actor worked out for one, like, you know, two straight years for the film and gained like 30 pounds of muscle in his jack. It's like, oh, man, yeah, let me let's do that. That's that's a good exactly. place to start. What so in the weight room, what are what would you say are two or three of your favorite lifts? And then what are some of the, your least favorite lifts that if coach isn't looking, you might, you know, just walk out the room and not do. <laughs> uh, I would say my favorite lifts is probably definitely back squat. I have a personal best of five fifty on that. So I hit that my fall of my senior year. I hit that, you know, you know, in preparation for the season. So definitely back squat um definitely power clean I've hit 285 for two on that so uh, I love power clean and then I would say the my third favorite is probably a tie between front squat and then uh Nordic curls uh, like if you if you've ever seen like Tyreek Hill he holds the I think he's like a 25 pound plate it goes all the way down to Nordic curls come all the way back up I've done it with a 35 pound for two reps so stuff like that I really like Little, little humble brag, better than Tyreek Hill. Uh, we, we, all, we all heard that. Um, front squats for me were also one of my favorites as well, even though like a lot of my friends hated them. I guess it was like, it's pretty good. So I was like, all right, like, let's do this. Love that. But funny that you started off lifting pretty much only exclusively arms. And then now all, pretty much all your favorite lifts are our legs. So it's, it's great. It's nice to see the, the 180 that you did there. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my least favorite stuff is to lift upper body now. So it's, it's completely flipped. There you go. There you go. Well, it makes sense because obviously if you're going to be a good sprinter, you're going to have to have some some power in the legs. Um, you know, with you being able to do, you know, squat and 
over 500 pounds. Have you, can you dunk? Are we close to it? What's, what's going on there? What's the, what's the power output? Um, I've actually never tried to dunk, but I am sitting at about 5'10", 5'11", for my height. And we tested our vertical, I think it was last week or maybe the week before. And I, I had 39, I had a 39.7 inch vertical. So with me being about 5'10", 5'11", that should make me be able to dunk. I just haven't tried it. There we go. We might have to get a video with you and uh, the, the basketball team over there at USC, see what's going on. Um, so you were a, getting into some of your, your track stuff. Uh, one that was interested in when did you actually start running track and, you know, realizing that you were, you know, it's something that you enjoyed doing. Uh, I, I think it was seventh grade. You know, I've, I've always been, you know, originally I was a soccer player, basketball, you know, I've always been kind of, one of the faster kids on the court or on the, you know, pitch, I guess. But, uh, you know, my mom had always told me like, you know, you should really try for track. I mean, you're pretty fast out there. I'm sure you do perfectly fine. And then, you know, we moved from Pennsylvania. So I'm originally from Louisiana. So moving from Louisiana to Pennsylvania to Colorado, when I made the move from Pennsylvania to Colorado, I dropped basketball and I was only doing soccer. And so my mom was like, Hey, you should pick another sport. You know, you're pretty fast. You might as well try track. So I tried that out my seventh grade year. I ended up running. Um, I originally started as a hurdler and a long jumper. I was consistently jumping like 18, 19, unofficial. It wasn't like officially recorded, but and then uh, I ran like 11, seven hand time. So I started out seventh grade doing all that. Wow. Well, love that. I'm going to start claiming you as a Pennsylvania athlete. I'm a PA guy, so I, we're, I'm going to unofficially claim uh even though colorado you got the colorado flag we're, we're claiming uspa from over here so uh, i'll be i'll be doing that from now on uh so how did you um how did you like or when did you realize i guess you could say that hey you you started to get pretty good at this and when you know wanted to start fulfilling this or, or looking into track and field in more detail instead of just doing something you know for fun and you know after school uh, I would say it was literally that first spring that I was doing it. So my seventh grade year, because, you know, I was in middle school at the time, seventh grade, I was racing against the eighth graders and sixth graders and seventh graders, you know, just the middle school, all the other middle schools in the area. And I quickly realized that, you know, I was beating all the eighth graders. I was beating all the seventh graders. I was like, I had won districts as a seventh grader. So I was like, all right, clearly I'm at least halfway decent at this. And then I guess it kind of, played perfectly into the fact that the uh, the Olympics were that that summer so just fresh off a of fresh off a season of me you know winning all these races you know being district champ all of a sudden I'm watching Usain Bolt and Justin Gatlin go at it in the 100 final so I was like all right this is something I really think I could enjoy in the future and I kind of want to pursue so that would be my eighth grade year I ended up quitting soccer at that point and I went uh, full-time into track nice I mean it's got to be it's got to be a tough decision to make, you know, a sport that you, you played for a while. Was it difficult to say, Hey, I'm going to go all in on this track stuff, or was it kind of an easy decision for, for you at that point? Uh, I would say for me, it was an easy decision just because since I had just moved across the country and I kind of already started dropping things that I kind of used to do, it was just kind of like the final thing. Like, all right, if I'm, you know, now I'm thousands of miles away from everything I used to do, everything I used to love might as well just, you know, start over brand new. And that was kind of the using track was kind of part of that. I kind of, you know, for one to help me 
you know, make some new friends, obviously. And then uh, as well, just to kind of let go of everything I used to kind of hold on to in a sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I want to take you back uh, real quick to one of your tweets that you had from February. So you said, uh, as a freshman, I was running 24s and four years later, I'm about to be running on ESPN with the fastest guys in the country. Wow. So could you kind of break that down? I know we're jumping up a little bit in the timeline, but could you break down, you know, what it was, like where you came from with, you know, you're saying you're running 24s not too long ago. And when 2019, you were, you know, running mid to low 11s, and then now you're running, you know, low 10s. Could you tell us like what it's like going through, like making such big jumps and going from, you know, times that are, you know, pretty good and respectable to times that are making you one of the top recruits, you know, in the country? Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to actually jump back a little bit to my, my sophomore year is kind of when I started to, you know, really kind of wrap my head around the idea that I could be good at this stuff. So, you know, there's a, there's a few pretty big meets that I went to, you know, Simplot, Nationals, you know, my state championship. And I was always the last qualifier into the final of each of those events. So in my, during my sophomore year, every time that happened, I was like, okay, you know, last qualifier again, you know, last qualifier again. And then finally nationals came around and I was the very last qualifier. I was in lane one and I'm like in the hunter final. And I was like, all right, listen, there's, there's gotta be a reason that I'm making all these finals. You know, I'm a rum religious, so I'm thinking, all right, God's put me in this, God's put me in this position each time he's got to have a plan for me to, you know, either win this race or lose this race for, you know, give me some more motivation. There's got to be a plan that he has for this. So, and that's kind of the same thing I went into, you know, going into all these, I've ran on ESPN, I think three times and I've ran on NBC, I think twice, including Olympic games. And that was the same thing going into those. I'm like, all right, I've been blessed with this opportunity now another, another time, each time I was like, all right, this is great. I'm, I'm getting more and more publicity, more and more chances to run on television. God's got to have a plan for me. God's got to have a, you know, outcome that he would like. And then, you know, going to that race that that tweet was about, that was a race I ran 20.84, you know, fourth fastest time in high school history. I had never thought I'd run that fast indoors ever. I mean, I thought maybe if I run 21 that'd be the phenomenal season, but that I mean, that was amazing for me. Mm-hmm. And like it was, you've had a, a fantastic year so far, uh, or I guess last year now it's the, it's the new year. Um, and was that, so was that the race that, um, cause I know you were at the, the American track league with, uh, Jalen Slade, who actually, I think you were in that same heat when, when he broke. Yeah. The that, that was a 2084 race. Yeah. 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 So what, could you tell us what that race was like? Cause that was probably one of, I don't have the record books with me, but if that wasn't one of, wasn't the fastest uh, indoor high school race, it, it was dang near close. Uh, so yeah, could yeah. you break down, you know, what that race was like, or, or just the, you know, that experience of being at, you know, the American track league and having all these other you know pros around you there. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little about the lead up first. So lead up to that race, I was coming off of the uh, VA showcase, me and my friend, Brandon Miller, who he was also in that race with me. I'll talk about a little bit, a little bit about him in a second, but I had actually got hurt at the VA showcase. So I had to take about three weeks off and I had about three weeks to prepare for the American track league. So, you know, during that time I was trying to get back and I was like, all right, you know, I might not be in the best shape possible, but I'm sure as hell going to go out there, give it a show, have some fun with some of the kids I have been racing with for years. And then, you know, I get out there, we're in Arkansas, 
me and Brandon are spending basically every second of the whole weekend together because, you know, we're great friends on and off the track. And we finally get, you know, warming up for the race. We're in that little uh, pre-meet area sitting there. I'm talking to Slade. I'm like, listen, I'm going to take this thing out fast. You just bring me home and we're going to run something fast. That's exactly what I did. I took out that first 100 meters as fast as I could, gave him something to chase, and then brought home a national record for him and a fourth all-time for me. Yeah, uh, that can't be a bad feeling at all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to see that you two, like – have, like have some type of you know relationship you guys have been running and you guys will probably be running against each other a lot now um with you know different different types of meets um when you crossed the line did you know like oh that was a fast time or was it kind of a surprise to see uh oh crap i you know went 2084 uh when before we got around the for, literally as soon as the race started before we got off that first bank i knew it was going to be a national record race for either me or slade Going to the second curve, I stumbled a little bit, and I was like, okay, he's going to fly by me. I just got to hold on. And then literally the last, I would say, two steps, I look over at the clock as we're passing the line. I see the 2060, I think it was 2062 or 2063 pop up for Slade, and I grabbed him by the shoulders, and I was like, he just broke the national record. Like, I yelled that in his ear. And I think that's probably one of the – probably going to be one of my favorite track moments ever that I'll probably ever have just because I was literally – as I look over, seeing the national record broken that was set by Noah Lyles, being able to grab the kid and say, listen, you just broke that thing. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's got to be an absolutely special moment and race to be a part of that and to be now in the top five. You know, that's something that is not not bad at all, <laughs> for sure. Um, wanted to see, It was interesting because I was it looks like a lot of your, you know, your really top tier times have been been in that, that indoor 200 uh, when a lot, you know, a lot of track guys, it's like, oh man, we, I just want to get through indoors. You know, the 200 indoors, not too great. It can just, you know, mentally be, it's weird to run a full lap, but it seems like you've done very well on that, that indoor 200. Is there any, any reason why, or anything technically that you work on that allows you to, you know, do fairly well at a race that, you know, a lot of sprinters might not be a huge fan of? Uh, I would say it's just kind of my style of running. You know, I'm not, I've been working on it this year trying to get out more aggressively, but I'm more of a kind of, you could say sit and kick, but it's a sprint. So you can't really sit and kick, but I kind of take it easier that first hundred and then really bring it all in that last hundred. Whereas most kids, I think indoors will spend all of their energy on the curves where I'm spending nothing on the curves and putting it all into the straights. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and you've had some great coaching along the way. Um, I think you're, your coach but Rojas also is an elite coach for distance running as well as sprinting and as, and some other great coaches that, that you have as well. Could, could you kind of touch on the, you know, the, the staff or just the people around you in this sport that have helped you grow as a runner? Yeah, so definitely Rick Rojas. He's been my coach since my eighth grade year. And so his, his daughter placed ninth at the marathon trials. She went to the Olympic trials for the 10 K and then, I think she's running in Boston here in a few weeks, but his daughter is, you know, a super elite marathoner. She's, you know, been one of the coaches for us as well when I was on rise. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rick Ross has really been like a second father to me, you know, past four or five years with him. I really couldn't have done anything I've done without him. He kind of, although I thought I could be good at track, he kind of laid the seeds for me to really kind of learn everything I could about it. Um, I would also say Antoine Baker, another really big name out of Colorado. He's been kind of like a mentor to me, especially in the recruiting process. You know, he, 
I would have a bunch of questions, didn't really know where to go. I would call him up at pretty much any hour of the day, any hour of the night, and he'd have answers for me. Um, you know, Lando Performance, Augie, he's a super elite sprint coach or, or speed coach there. They also work with like USC, uh, USC or UFC. And uh, I think, I'm trying to think of what other sports, but mainly like football, boxing, MMA, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, really those big names, Fast University, Coach Will Collins, you know, he, he gave me like a platform to originally look at to learn what I needed to learn. I, I think my sophomore year, I ended up bumping into his page. And from there, I mean, we've, I think my sophomore year, we probably, we probably had over like a dozen or two phone calls about different technical aspects of the race. And that's what I all, that's what I brought into my next year of as a junior. And that's when I kind of made the big jumps in time. So he's another huge, uh, huge person in my development. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so sprinting is something that for an outsider, it looks like okay, it's, it's super easy. It's like, yeah, just go out and you run fast and you call it a day and that's it. You just run as fast as you can the entire time. Just get from point A to point B simple. But you know, as a person that's inside the track world, it's like, Oh no, it is. It's not anywhere near as, as simple as you make it sound. I mean, just getting out the blocks is, is uh, a challenge in itself, especially when you're running these fast times because those that the margin for error shrinks dramatically the faster you get. Could you, could you kind of touch on that, you know, some of the, the progress that you've made technically through your running over the years to help you get to the place you are today? Yeah, so I used to be kind of very rough runner, very like soccer player, basketball player-esque runner. I'll have basically no endurance. I was just all like, give me like five seconds to sprint and I'm good. And then I would get to the ball if I was on the court, if I was on the, you know, playing soccer. But, you know, working with my coach, you know, working with Coach Will, working with Antoine, working with all these different people over the years, I kind of, it, it really helped me refine my technique. And in a sense, I don't think, I would have had the ability to run as fast as I have if I had not put in all those hours just working pure technique just because of how with how strong I am that's based I mean the only reason I really think I'm that fast is because I'm super strong my technique is great and then you know I've I've really good endurance at this point with uh, coach Rojas being able to coach me so I, I think that from a technical aspect I mean I, I've really developed over the years and it's, it's to the point now where it's like literally super super small things that we have to fix even you know talking with coach Watts who's you know my one of my coaches at USC right now we were doing 90s on Friday we're doing 90s accelerations in spikes and he's sitting there telling me all right you got one of the best 30 to 60 segments out of anybody on the team and we got nine uh 10 guys six five guys in the 60 20 point low guys and he's sitting there telling a freshman you know that I have one of the best looking 30 to 60s I mean that's huge for me that just shows you know, everything I've learned, everything I've worked on is finally paying off. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to pay off in dividends. Even if it's such a short race, you don't have, it's, you don't have much margin for error. And so if you can, you know, really capitalize on that now, you know, you're going to be in a, an excellent spot in the future. Um, so this year was a, a pretty big year for you. Obviously you had the Olympic trials and something as an outsider that we might not notice is that you're, I think you're, your road to the actual trials was a little bit different. You, you, it, could you kind of touch on what that was like? And just, I guess, that hecticness of the week in going into the trials of how you actually got to Eugene and, and all that. 
Yeah, so going the pretty much the entirety of my senior year was very, very rough. You know, we're in Colorado. They basically shut down the entire indoor season. So we didn't have, for one, any meets to go to indoors or really anything leading up to the trials. And for two, we didn't have a place to train. So that led to me, you know, pretty much every six weeks, I was getting a severe injury. And then as we get closer to, you know, April and, and uh, May, my dad and I are like, all right, Slade qualified for the trials, Aaron Knighton qualified for the trials. The kids that you were with back in, you know, December and January and February have all ran these super fast times where I had still run, I think, 10.49 and 21.3 up to that point. So my dad and I started looking around. We're like, all right, we need to get into some meets. We need some competition because this Colorado, I mean, it's nothing against Colorado, but with how many people are, you know, super big football stars there, super big other sports stars the track talent isn't there where it could be if they put their full focus into it. And so my dad and I are like, all right, we got to look for some other meets. Luckily we were able to get into a meet at uh, BYU. It was like the BYU Cougar Invitational. It was basically like an inner squad meet. It was pretty much only the BYU team racing against each other to kind of get like final marks for the regional meet, try to get extra people in. And I was like, all right, hopefully I can get like a 20 point because I never ran 20 point outdoors. And we get there. I'm like, all right, it's a pretty fast track, uh, warming up and everything. I felt great. And then we get out there on the race, come off the curve, running down the straightaway. And I'm like, oh, that felt slow. Like I look up at the time. I hear my dad screaming and yelling. It was it was the amount that he was screaming, and yelling was crazy. But we look up at the board. It was 2052. And I was like, all right, that's going to get me close to the standard or to at, to at least the entries by you know, time, because they got to fill the field. It's not like directly entries by time, you know? So I was like, all right, that's going to get me close. I'm still going to have to run a little bit faster. So hopefully I can get us some more meets. Uh, I wasn't able to get any more meets, unfortunately, because, you know, it's state championships were coming up for all the states. There was really nothing I could get into. And then we get to the week before the trials. I had entered my name in there. I was, they take 32, I think is the field size. I was the 34th athlete to enter. So I was like an alternate, you know, as the, as the weeks going by, me and my dad are checking every day. All of a sudden we see someone scratch and like, all right, now I'm 33rd. And then we get to the final of the men's 100. I'm watching on TV with my dad, you know, Justin Gatlin's running. Justin Gatlin has been a huge, huge, you know, inspiration for me in the sport. But watching him run, he pulls up at like 60 or 70 meters in that final. He was the 32nd entry in the men's 200, and he had to pull out. So, I mean, I got, I got basically got into the position of like one of my idols because he got hurt, unfortunately, but it allowed me to get into the Olympic trials. That's like such a wild like story. <laughs> like, so <laughs> what was it like? I mean, when did you realize like, cause it was that injury. And then the 200 was like three days apart. So yeah. how did like, what, what was going on? Could you tell us like the hectic chaoticness you got of getting ready for your state championship? And then you get a call from USATF saying, Hey, Gatlin's out, you know, you're idle. Do you want to run? Like what's going on in those couple days that you realize that you can go to Eugene? Uh, I don't think it was really too harsh of a, you know, change, at least in my mindset, because I had always been preparing the whole season, even last year. I mean, after the indoor season I had, 
my coach and I were going to try to qualify for the Olympic trials anyway. So we were, we had started preparing last, or I guess 2020, like March, my coach told my mom, we're going to the Olympic trials this year. So when the season got canceled, I was still in that still same mindset, all right, same mindset. All right, I'm going to make the Olympic trials before high school is up. And then when we, you know, flash forward to that week of, we see him get hurt and everything. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really too harsh of a change. I mean, even deciding between going there or my state championship, I've never won a state championship, but at the same time, it's like, when am I ever going to be able to go to the Olympic trials as a high school athlete again? And there's only been a few in history to ever do that. So I think it wasn't really that hard of a choice to make. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be cool to, yeah, to say that you're, I think you're one of like, I think 10 or 11 that were high school athletes this year. And so you yeah, had to be in that elite company, you know, pretty awesome. Uh, and you got, you were in a, one of the toughest heats for the 200. So to put in perspective, you went from running in high school meets not too long ago to having Aaron Knighton medalist in the 200 Lyles, Noah Lyles and Fred Curley all in the same heat of the 200. What's it like, you know, being a high schooler and seeing these guys who are future uh, Olympic medalists right in the same heat as you in your, your 200. Uh, I think it was just like, it was something I couldn't ever, couldn't have ever prepared myself for even starting in like the warm up area. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm looking around, I'm seeing all these like very elite coaches. That I never thought I'd really see in person warming up their athletes. So just starting there, I was kind of already, I would say I was off my game already. Cause I was just in awe. And then, you know, going into the a warm-up area underneath the uh, the stands of Oregon. I'm sitting in there. I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, that's Fred Curley. That's Noah Lyle. That's Kenny Benerick. This is crazy. Like, there's I shouldn't be here right now. That's literally what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way. And then, you know, I'm walking out to uh, the start line of the 200. Um, it's it's Fred Curley in front, and then right be I'm right behind them. And we're walking right out, and I'm like, whoa, this is something I could never have even prepared myself for. And even, you know, getting in the blocks when the gun goes off, I'm running, running around the curve, coming off the curve. I'm looking to my right. Like I'm literally looking at Fred Curley mid race. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like there is no, there is no reason I should be here right now. This is crazy. That's like, yeah, it's gotta be insane to be like, wait a minute. It's like, if you were to be playing basketball and it's like the Lakers were like, Hey, we need a, we need an extra guy. You want to, you want to play? Like, exactly uh, well, uh, okay i i guess like we're, we're here uh so i don't know no, your the performance wasn't as you know as great as you'd like still another time sub uh 21 which going into the year i'm sure if you heard oh yeah you end in the, your season on a you know another sub 21 you know probably wouldn't be that bad but what were some of your takeaways and everything from the uh you know your experience at the trials and, and everything uh i would say I mean, there wasn't anything I was really too frustrated with, even though the time wasn't what I wanted, you know, I got the chance to run the Olympic trials. That's an experience that's going to help me. You know, I want to try to make the world's team in 2022. I believe I can, if I just stay injury free this year with the coaching here. So, I mean, that's going to be an experience that I now have to, you know, look back upon say, Oh, don't, don't get freaked out. Cause you've been here before you've been at a higher stage because the Olympics a little bit higher than like a world championships just because of the, you know, what surrounds it. But I would say that's kind of the biggest thing is just being able to look back in the future, you know, other world championship teams, possibly other Olympic trials, 
saying I've already been here. I mean, this is no big deal. I'm older. I'm wiser. I'm, I'm, I'm faster. I don't really have to worry now. Yeah. It's a great starting point for the remainder of what should hopefully be a, a nice long track and field career here. Um, and so now you just got started freshman at USC, one of the biggest track and field schools in the entire world. Uh, you had some, uh, some big names just recently in the Olympics, the Olympics making, getting some, some medals. Um, First, what went into your decision of deciding to go to, to USC? You're probably recruited by almost every school in the country. You narrowed down your, your, to your top six not too long ago. Um, what went into your decision, and, and why did you choose to go to where you are? So originally, I kind of wanted to go to a school where I could like build a program, which because I was a little bit slower, I was like, all right, I want to show all these coaches who weren't recruiting me. You know, I really want to show them who I really, who I really could be under great coaching. And then as I ran 20.8, as I ran 20.5, I was like, I need people that are going to like literally whoop me every day. I can't go into a school being the fastest guy anymore. Like I need to be, you know, the second, third fastest person, fourth fastest, maybe even sixth fastest. I need to be beat up every day in practice. And that's when I started looking at, you know, places like USC, places like Oregon, those kind of schools, because at USC, I mean, we have Devante Burnett, 10.05, 20.2. Uh, Kashan James, uh, 10.04, 20.12, Brendan Stewart, 6.58. I mean, we have a bunch of super elite performances. You know, Johnny Blockberger, he's a freshman here or a sophomore here now because he's transferred in 44.7 as a freshman. I mean, those are the kind of people I needed to surround myself with in order to really reach the times that I think I can reach. Yeah, it's especially going to a storied, um, storied university like that. And now you have... Uh, one of the fastest women of all time as the, the coach. Could you kind of tell us what it's like having Carmelita Jetter as your, your coach there at, at USC and what, what it's like having someone that is so knowledgeable of, of the sport, you know, leading you uh, each day in practice? I think it's, you know, it's, it's super great for me because I'm, you know, I'm a student of the sport. So watching, you know, people like Carmelita Jetter, you know, Quincy Watts, all these amazing people like, literally for years watching them online and you know watching their videos saying all right they did this they did that learning from their technique to all of a sudden you know going into going into practice every day being like hey hey coach Carmelita Jetter I mean that's like that's crazy I mean that that's just something I didn't think I really I would have going into uh going if, I, if you would ask me that going into fall of my senior year would I have I think between the coach Hayes Jetter and Watts, I think all three of them are Olympic medalists. I'm, uh, I'm fairly certain. If you were to tell me that I would have three Olympic medalists as my track coaches, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, that's just just to say how it is. I would not have believed that. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane to be to be like, oh crap! I'm I used to, I watched you on the at the Olympics not too long ago. Watched you, you know, break what was it? She, yeah, the world record in the four by one. Yeah, in two thousand eight, I think. Yeah, so, world record. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, that that's crazy to to have that now be you know my coach. Um, and so like you said, you said you really wanted to go to a school that you know you're going to be you know whooped in. That's you know have a lot of really good talent like you're going to now. Have you had, I know you guys have just probably started practice in like those hard, like the hard, harder circuits and intervals and all that just recently. Have you had like a, a welcome to college moment yet where it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is really tough. I'm going up against the top people and I'm just this, yeah, this is not going to be easy or whatever, whatever it might be. 
Uh, I would say that was pretty much day one. I mean, we did day one wasn't, wasn't really anything that was too, you know, I guess like hard, but it was a lot of testing. So it was like, you know, we did the vertical test in the morning at lifting at like 5 a.m. And then we did a pull-up test. And I was like, I was the number two vertical and the number one in the pull-up. So I'm like, all right, well, clearly I can like stick with some of these guys. I don't really have to be worried. And then later on in the day, we get to, you know, the track work and we're doing like bound tests. We're doing standing broad jump. We're doing like that kind of stuff. I was the, like the worst out of all those. And I was like, all right, I definitely have stuff to work on now. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of, cause that, yeah, the bounds and all that, that's probably one of the closer, um, the closest like things to determine, you know, your, your speed and everything too, where if you have good bound, you're probably also a pretty good, good sprinter. So yeah, being able to see that and like, okay, yeah, there's some work to do definitely can help you propel to be, you know, into that next level uh, of everything for sure. Um, so what would you, uh, what would you say if you were to talk to yourself as a freshman in high school and you were to tell, tell them like, yo, Gavin, by the way, by the time you're a freshman in college, uh, you would be running the times you're running uh, as well as you'd be an Olympic trials uh, competitor. What would freshman year you think if you were to, to go back and tell yourself that? Uh, it would, they would probably think I was crazy, but at the same time, they would probably 100% believe me because, you know, I've always known myself to be a person that, you know, if I really put my mind to something that I really, I'll always accomplish it. It's not really something that's, well, it's, there's never going to be something outside of my grasp, I guess. So at the same time of me thinking I'd be crazy, I'd also completely, completely believe in myself. Love it. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to do it for you. So love that, man. And uh, to wrap it up, like, I know you mentioned you want to be on, a, you know, make Team USA. Uh, you got Worlds coming up this year. Um, what are some other goals that you got that you have for yourself going into the, the remainder or the beginning of indoor, which is wild. It's going to be starting in just a, what, three or four months now, um, which is crazy to think. Yeah. So I think indoors, especially my biggest goal is the, uh, the U 20 200 meter record by Walter Dix. It's 2037. And with me already running a 20.8 as a senior in high school, you know, I think that's something that's well within my grasp. I mean, I'm, I would say that that, you know, especially me loving the 200 indoors, that's probably something that's the biggest thing on my mind, uh, as well as, you know, the school record here is 660 for a freshman in the 60. That's held by Brennan Stewart, the uh, senior on our team. So I'm going after that. But, you know, in the, in the back of my brain is really going to be that 651 U20 record. Basically, I'm just going for all the U20 records this year. You know, it's my last chance to get them. So that's really my main goal. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing how this year is going to be going out for you for sure. But um, Gavin, thank you so much for, for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Um, where could people go if they wanted to follow you, whether on social media or just, uh, you know, see what's going on with the, the remainder of the year for you here? Uh, G underscore S-C-H-U-R-R on Instagram. That's my Instagram. And, you know, I really am going to be posting a lot on there once kind of stuff starts getting more heated up on the track and in training. Then I'm thinking about maybe starting like a YouTube channel with some of my other friends, you know, Anthony Smith at Washington, Brennan Stewart. Just thinking about doing it, not 100% sure yet, but you know, that's still in the works. So we'll see. Awesome. Keep your eyes peeled for that YouTube channel. We'll see what's going on there. But uh, yeah, thank you, Gavin. And thank you to everyone else who's been listening. This is another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. Really helps us know that uh, you're enjoying what's going on. And if you like more content, you can follow us over on Instagram at 
track world news. We post different clips, highlights, things like that here. But um, thank you to everyone. Have a good one and peace.